Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Ben is across me, fine local businessman, Republican committee person, a veteran selector of state senators in our valley. So he's been through one or two of those. One or two of those caucuses. So we can talk about the replacement of John Gordner as, as our show progresses. But we go around the table. It's Financial Friday. Yeah, full Bob, house, Mark. Full house today. Right. Yeah, Bob Garrett's here, president and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, Bob. I'm nearly speechless, Mark. Uh, ben was just saying how good I look. But this is my late night shopper outfit for Lewisburg tonight. Tonight. Seelands Grove is Tuesday, but uh, Lewisburg's well, tonight, Shemokin's tomorrow. If ben. you had a pipe, I'm talking about it, not a crack pipe or a marijuana pipe. I'm talking about like you had the traditional pipe, you'd look like Norman Rockwell. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Right, and the studio is about 81 degrees, so <laughs> I would say watch out, just be careful. Okay, so that's Bob Garrett, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. Art Thomas is here, Chairman of the Chamber, President of MechTech and Diversified Construction. He's super experienced at doing these uh, roundtable confabs. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me one more time. And uh, let's not forget that last night was Sunbury's late shopper night. And yes. you know, and if I can just jump on that, <laughs> it was so successful. I could not find a parking space on Market Street. I had to go to one street in. So it was really things were booming in Sunbury last night. Yep, fantastic. Yep, I was there. That was fun. And Amy Buner joins us. Speaking of Sunbury, she's a Bowen Agency realtor and is chairman elect of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. So welcome aboard. Good morning, Mark, and everyone around the table. I'm happy to be here and might be mostly quiet. I'm here to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to, as you, as your tenure goes on, you'll learn more and study more and focus more on the national jobless picture. And I think all of the great chairs that we've had in that uh, seat have uh, done that over time, really start to see. And, and you'll see with how the ebb and flow affects our area. We've also talked about how the uh, shortage of high-quality child care in the central Susquehanna Valley, the worker shortage, has impacted us, and we're going to get some of R. Thomas's additional remarks about that, so we, we won't let that go by without covering that. Uh, for some strange reason, I start with Ben about the jobless numbers, unchanged numbers, 3.7%, 263,000 fakey jobs created. <laughs> there aren't really that many new jobs out there, but a lot of jobs being restored and being fixed. Filled, so that much is good. Well, there must be more since the big tech industry uh, is laying people off left and right. Uh, people at Twitter, people at Meta and around. So you, you see those folks cutting jobs. Also, I guess uh, FTX probably did not have a lot of employees in their crypto company since uh, they're, uh, they're not doing well. But I, you know what, Mark? You watch between Bloomberg 
BBC International financial stuff, uh, the Fox business stuff, which might be the best with uh, their analysis, the CNBCs. You, you, you know, I don't know if anybody can come to a consensus in all honesty, on what the Sam Hill's going on, because you see interest rates go up. Amy's in the real business. She understands that's not good for housing. Art's in the construction business. Maybe that's not good for housing startups with permits, but it might be good for renovations and upgrades. Bob's in the business of making businesses feel good and, and run better. Uh, you know, I, I, you talk to enough people, and I don't know. It's it's a deck of cards. You could pull out a two of hearts, or you could pull out an ace of spades, it sounds like, for certain businesses. So, you know, I really say this is this is almost like financial salad. It's a bit of everything. Alright, Bob, your thoughts? You know, Ben, we used to talk about quantitative easing. This really does feel like it's qualitative easing. You can see the economy slowing down. What, what we were looking for today was a number closer to 200,000. In fact, I suggested a theme uh, for today would be when Great news isn't good. And 263,000 new jobs is probably not great. If it would have been 300, 400,000, I was, oh boy, here we go. Another massive uh, interest rate uh, increase and all the ripples of that. I think 263 will will tamp down slightly uh, because it's clearly it's working. What the Fed is doing is working. What, we, what we're very concerned about is, is will they have to go so far that they will nudge us into re- recession. Now, we heard that uh, if the rail strike would have happened, that would have been a guaranteed uh, recession. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'll just weigh in real quickly on the rail strike and tell you that uh, anytime the government, particularly the federal government, gets involved with the private sector, uh, the private sector never wins. <laughs> Employees never win in the long run. Uh, we'll see uh, how that all works out. Uh, uh, but uh, but these numbers are about where we expected them to be. Uh, now, one thing we haven't gotten into uh, yet, Mark, and you were good enough to put the data up, is the participation rate is down significantly uh, since the summer months. Uh, so that's uh, the other side of the unemployment rate that we watch very but closely. Also, too, look at the Treasury bonds and look at the inversion of the long-term bonds over the short-term bonds, short-term being better than long-term. That indicates 90% of the time an inflationary process is coming. So, uh, you know, the numbers, I, I think maybe the numbers are good, but not good enough to make the Fed raise interest rates. That would be a positive. But, boy, there is just a, a debacle going on in the understanding of the economy. And maybe maybe all these people are somewhat like meteorologists or football prognosticators. They pick a team, hope they win, and if they don't, they say, oh, I tried my best. Well, that's why they have two hands. Well, but, this hand, this could happen on this hand, this could happen. But we're right? sitting here, so Art knows what it's like to make a payroll, get a job and get a job. Amy knows what it's like to close a deal and get commission. In the real world, though, that's where people are getting a little concerned, and they're saying, okay, hold it. What What is happening? Because I'm seeing things here on the ground, high prices, things that aren't making sense, but I'm hearing stuff... <coughs> 
on the upper macro levels that people, oh, it'll be okay. But on the micro levels, no. I remember we had one of my predecessors at the uh, greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber. Actually, at that time, it was the central Susquehanna Valley uh, Chamber of Commerce was a fellow by the name of Bill Brennan. Uh, we all probably warmly remember uh, Bill. Uh, uh, those of us that are Is old enough still, to remember Bill. Uh, restaurant? Yeah, he still has a stool at various, right? right. But uh, uh, actually, Amy, you would probably consider him to be almost a grandfather to you. But anyhow, uh, at the Edison Hotel. But the uh, Bill used to talk about Realville. We have to live in Realville in the greater Susquehanna Valley. And, you know, sometimes we're, we're guilty of getting up into the stratosphere with T-bonds and, and comparing this uh, analysis to that analysis. We all know that we, uh, we live in an inflationary time. We all know that we would like to see something happen to slow down inflation and then as quickly as possible get back to interest rates that will support uh, growth in the greater Susquehanna Valley. Art, we're still doing our initial jobless number go-around here. Well, it makes me wonder when seasonal employment comes into these numbers. Uh, Christmas keeps getting earlier and earlier, and maybe the November employment numbers reflect seasonal employee. Uh, I guess I read this week that experts say if we want to taper inflation, we need to see employment nudge up, unemployment nudge up, and that has not happened. So maybe the seasonal employees have come on here for the holidays and kept unemployment even and, and kept that uh, job start looking good. Uh, I don't know. If that's the case, uh, if the numbers for seasonal are in November, then maybe December numbers in early January with a cold snowstorm is going to make us all pretty frigid for the winter. Uh, we've been talking about it's a coming. It's a coming for a while now. Um, we'll see if the Fed does put the rates up and if so, how much. But right now, I'm thinking there could be uh, a false a false indicator here with seasonal employee. I get the tech people, I think I read 10,000 here, 10,000 here, but I think most of them got absorbed almost immediately elsewhere. So with the workforce problem, and I see, you know, pre-COVID, participation seemed to hover on the chart that Mark puts up for us here around 63%, and post-COVID, it seems like we're settling in around 62%. And 1% could, is more than a million, it's, uh, I think, a million and a half jobs, and maybe, just maybe, that's a reflection of boomers that retired early, but still need to be tabulated because they're not 65. I don't know where participation's range is, but I think that might be a nice thing to try and find out. Well, I think we just heard a report today how the low participation rate is inflationary, how it drives up wages <laughs> and costs us more for everything and costs yeah. businesses more. Amy, some initial thoughts. We're just looking at the jobless picture nationally. Well, like I said, I'm here to learn, so <laughs> I have to focus a little more on what all this means. Um, <clears throat> I know from my perspective with interest rates, I can weigh in as much as possible. I've been in my business for 15 years paying attention to that. So seeing um, low rates for a dozen years and then fluctuation over the last few when we talk about going from the threes and fours um, and kind of staying there until recently and people are very concerned with where that's at <clears throat> um, it was a seven or an eight when I bought my first house in the late 90s so we're back to that so of concern yes but tragic um, I, I think we have to put that into perspective 
we're seeing very spiking differences in the housing market. So the last two weeks, um, just watching. So that reflection of the interest rates and what then I suspect as I do more research will show to what you're talking about here um, is what my experience is so far. And just to touch a little bit on what Art talked about, and I think we'll reflect on the unemployment and inflationary and participation. Pre-COVID, I look at a lot of the stuff pre-COVID and what has happened recently as being accelerated by and not triggered by. So um, looking at all this is very interesting to me, and I am going to learn a lot by next month <laughs> and be able to have more of an opinion. Yeah, I'll send you a link for that inflationary uh, participation rate. It took It's taken six months for Bob to convince me that the, the participation rate m makes a big difference. Well, and Larry Johnson was here, president of Bowen Agency Realtor, not that long ago saying, if you have a house and you want to sell it, do it now, because we go through periods where there just are plain not enough nice houses out there to buy right now. So that is uh, part of this. Now, let's get back to sort of chamber topics here with uh, Bob and the rest of our panel. I, th I think that the uh, fact is that the uh, inflation rate and the economy is scaring people, making people nervous. How does that tamp down the local economy? I can tell that people are nervous about the economy because... Well, I'll give you a good example. Uh, everything I read was that last Thursday when we had our Thanksgiving feast, that that feast cost us four 41% more than it did the year before, uh, or two years before, okay, and uh, like 25% more than the, the year before. So uh, when, when people are making decisions like that where they're saying, wow, fuel oil is going to be up by X this winter, that means we, got, we can't spend quite as much on Christmas gifts. Or, um, you know, the, when your basic things that you need to live, and I, and I know probably Thanksgiving dinner is not a, a good example of a basic thing that you need to live because if uh, I don't know about anybody else at this table but I slightly overate uh, on Thanksgiving but but the point is when when your your utility bills your energy bills your gasoline bills all the things that that, that are, are that you have to spend money on are going up 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 then you can't spend money on other things and this time of year we think about the retail trade you know the end of year gift shopping and uh, all those sort of things and the the every dollar a person doesn't have to put into the retail sector uh, doesn't have to spend tonight at uh, at late shoppers last night at late shoppers at in Sunbury tonight in Lewisburg and Tuesday, next Tuesday in in Sealings Grove thank you the um, um, every dollar they have the, that they have they're keeping in the Treasury to pay for their fuel is a dollar they don't have to spend on that the other thing is 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 frequently this time of year people are thinking hey maybe I, I want to do some improvements to my house I want to make some things a little bit better if they look at that interest rate and they say well I've I've got half of what I need I'll borrow the other half and all of a sudden they see wow the interest rates are going up 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 um, unless they can do it today they'll probably just put it off and see if they'll just wait till they'll come back down all of that is a recession all of that means there's less spending and in in, in the economy like we have in the greater Susquehanna 
Valley, our economy is heavily, heavily based on spending by consumers. All right, we're going to continue this conversation when we come back. And uh, if you have a question for our panel, you can email it to us at onthemark at WKOK.com. Rob Centers, our fabulous producer over there, but we'll keep the phone lines tied up. But uh, we'll take emails. You can email onthemark at WKOK.com, and you can text us at 70236. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to start to resume our conversation with Art Thomas and the rest of our panel about the impact of child care, worker shortages in the child care industry, and a lack of child care, insufficient numbers of slots available. Uh, that's inflationary and is slowing down our local economy. We'll get some additional words on that and maybe a slight clarification after the last time you guys were here. So uh, we'll continue that on WDKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. The KOK Live telephone talk show on the market. It's a shame we were off mic. We solved a lot of the nation's economical issues off mic. But three quarters. No, no rail strike, right? Right. We solved the rail strike. Yeah, you know, because... Got the Senate on board. As Bob says, do, do not let the government interfere in the private sector. In our last segment, we really talked a lot about child care and its impact on our slowing economy and how it is a contributor to it. It's an anchor on the slowing economy locally because there aren't enough child care slots and there aren't enough uh, workers to go at the child care centers. Art Thomas is on the Early Learning Investment Commission in Pennsylvania has been studying this. If somebody took a cursory glance at our last show, they may have heard that the chamber was calling for more public funding for child care. A clarification in, in, in what way are you identifying uh, additional funding necessary for child care agencies and so on, or, or maybe for families, however it will be distributed. You know, what is the delicate call that you're making there? Well, first off, let me clarify. I'm, I'm not a member of the statewide Early Learning Investment Commission. That's a group of business leaders statewide that Governor uh, Ed Rendell appointed in 2008. That's how long the commission's been in existence. Um, early members of that included uh, Norm Rich. Don Steele is still a member here locally. Um, but of course, that evolves and people retire and new people are appointed. Kendra Ocker has currently recently been appointed to the statewide commission. But after that was appointed in 2008, Norm came back home here with uh, Carrie Albright and thought it might be a good idea if we had a sub-regional uh, committee. And that's what I've been part of since 2010. And I'm currently the chairman of that group of people. And the mission of the Early Learning Investment Commission, here's what I think you're asking for, is we advocate for increased public spending in quality early learning. 
And as recently as five or six years ago, the greater Susquehanna Valley in its entirety only had one, which I, I guess I won't name, one uh, uh, business that qualified as a quality early learning child care facility. Now in the last five years, we're working real hard at this and the state's working real hard at it. Uh, we've added a few more here in the greater Susquehanna Valley, but we are behind some of the other suburban areas in the state and we constantly advocate for more public spending on quality early learning. But you're not saying, hey, uh, Governor Wolf and soon to be Shapiro or the legislature, you've got to take taxpayer dollars and give them to daycare or child care centers or to families. Well, that is what's been said to the governors since 2008. And every year since 2009, 2010, the state has added additional funds in their budget every year. They're, it's either been flat funded or increased funding every year. And it has made a difference. Uh, you can go to the state ELEC website, just uh, Google Early Learning Investment Commission of Pennsylvania and go to their website and you can find all kinds of data supporting that the uh, funds have made a difference. Now after the first five or six years, or in the early teens of the 2000s, 2015, 2016, legislators were, legislators were starting to ask, hey, uh, you know, are we, are, is our money making a difference? Can you show us here that our money's in fact making a difference? And in the last six or seven years, uh, studies have been done and additional data has been gathered and it in fact is showing that the increased spending is improving the situation. But COVID really put a dent in things, closed businesses, uh, folks have gone home to work, their kids are staying with them, everybody's trying to figure it out. Uh, businesses that do provide childcare may or may not uh, be able to take on the capacity that they physically have room for because they don't have staff. So the Early Learning Investment Commission is not only promoting increased spending in the learning for the kids, but it's also trying to now help businesses help their employees be able to take care of their kids. So because the employees, we have a workforce problem, the employees aren't coming back to work or they don't want to work because they're staying home with their kids to take care of their kids because they can't afford to have the kids in daycare or because the daycare can't take on the kids because the daycare doesn't have the workforce. So we're trying to help the workforce both at the daycare and the businesses so they can have people come back to work. Bob, what's the chamber's position on this? Yeah, so I'm going to characterize it as we follow the science. What we know is that, that most of a child's brain is developed in the first couple of years, or probably uh, first five years, five. Uh, 85%. Something is it? like that. Yeah, yeah, about 85% of their their, their chances of success later in life happen in the first five years. Therefore, what we're suggesting is, geez, maybe it makes some investment to invest in in uh, in Americans, uh, you know, in resident <laughs> citizens who uh, uh, are going to be our future workforce. On the other hand, we know that uh, one of the biggest barriers to folks re-entering, getting back into the labor force, uh, particularly for single parent households, et cetera, is the the lack of affordable, accessible, high quality daycare, daycare uh, uh, early learning.
concerning child care. Thank you, uh, child care. Um, we know that that is really holding back folks going back to the labor force. We know that the biggest issue we have in the greater Susquehanna Valley for keeping businesses here and growing them here is workforce. So we put the two together and we say, geez, maybe we should be uh, we should be partnering up with the United Way with the Early Learning Investment Committee uh, here in our valley. And we look at the state and we say, you know, um, yes, we are trying to get the best uh, advantage we can for business in the state. However, we happen to know that the state budgets year in and year out uh, $7.6 billion, of which in early learning they invest $295.5 million. Sounds like a lot of money. It's 3.8% of the education budget. Wouldn't it make a little more sense to put more emphasis on early learning uh, and and maybe not spend money some places where we're not seeing returns on investments uh, for our economy? Where, like in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and Harrisburg school districts? Thank you for that information. Right What's cooking at the chamber in the month ahead? Yeah, so next week, a couple big things. We have our uh, business and ed committee on Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll be at the uh, we'll be at the chamber in person. Uh, if you want to, you know, get involved with these kind of issues, one on one in person with uh, with our valley subject matter experts. That's Wednesday morning at seven thirty. Uh, then on uh, on Thursday the eighth is our um, is our innovation summit. On Friday uh, we'll have our governmental affairs. We'll be meeting our new state reps, uh, Representative Jamie Flick, just elected, St uh, Representative Stephanie Borovitz, uh, who's new to our area, and Representative David Rose, sort of introducing them, will be at the Silver Moon Cafe. Then the week after that, real quickly, Jingle Mingle, brought to you by MechTech and Diversified, uh, will be at the Eclipse uh, Brewery on the 13th, of, uh, and come on by, it'll be a great time. That I'm putting on my calendar. I know the news department's going to the summit, mm -hmm. and so, Amy, welcome aboard. Thank you so You're much for joining in. the chamber and chairing. Thank you for having me. Looking much appreciated. to our monthly meeting of the minds. Thank you, Bob, for coming <laughs> in. Thank you, Art. Thank for all you've done. You bet. It was a pleasure being here for you for two, with you for two years, and uh, I think everything we've experienced in the last few months is a reflection of too much money. There's so much money out there. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury. <laughs> News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome uh, aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Okay. You okay, sir? Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Good. That was a whirlwind discussion we that just had. good. Uh, Amy Buehler's going to fit in fine. I mean, Art... Thomas is as A, B, C, D as you get. He, yeah. he starts at A and ends up at D, and uh, that's uh, he, he's done a very good job for the Chamber, Bob Garrett. Chamber is a great asset for those businesses that are members, for those businesses that think they'd like to be members. Call the Chamber and get a uh, get a three months trial membership and see what Mr. Garrett will work out for you. But no, our chamber for decades has done a lot. Uh, of course, Joe McGrain, well, a number of us chaired the uh, 
uh, Transportation Committee, and then Joe took it over. And uh, one of the things, too, I know Senator Gordner, who is is now not Senator, but former Senator Gordner, uh, very much with Linda Schlegel-Culver, very much with Kurt Mosser, very much with David Rowe and Fred Keller, really, really Fred Keller as a House rep, were instrumental in getting that bypass through here. So, uh, but what the Chamber does, look at the uh, look at the uh, positives here. Look at the power plant, natural gas power plant now. Look at uh, the you know, bypass situation, the pipeline that, to put has that in there. And, and hopefully there could be another power plant. But right now I believe they're growing... Uh, Marijuana, marijuana down there, not not in the field. And that plant is growing, plant. right? So and they're yeah. expanding. So, uh, but look look at uh, Chamber has been a very positive organization. Uh, they mentioned uh, Mr. Brennan, and uh, he <laughs> helped court, wow. helped, helped court at the very restaurant. But uh, no, it's uh, good organization. Some young folks are coming through. Amy's taking over. I think that's a uh, that's a positive, and uh, they have a good uh, young professional organization that you and I might get invited to once in a while just to tell them how it used to be or we can holler get off our yard type of deal <laughs> but uh, no a, a good organization for the area if it's right for your business take a look at it well bill brandon was the only person i ever met that said uh, we asked him for the first time i asked him his comment on something he said are you ready mark are you rolling i said yeah three two one no comment. And then he said, you can use that now anytime you want to yeah. ask me a question. Just use that one, <laughs> Bill uh, Brennan. I think uh, Bill was probably ahead of his time because I'm, I'm thinking a number of politicians, a number of entertainers, and maybe uh, just a number of regular folks should probably think about using that term. Right. A little more often. Wouldn't hurt anything. All right, folks. Welcome on board on the Mark Sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. We just wrapped up our Financial Friday discussion with the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce and welcomed Amy Buner to the chair role. She'll take over shortly. And Art Thomas heads out. He is an expert of all trades, so we appreciate his two-year input. And he has an open mic anytime to talk about these important child care and family issues and early childhood education issues in our area. So we, we will definitely continue that conversation. On the mark, sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open. It's an open phones Friday from henceforth, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Some very brief news headlines here. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman has called a special election to replace the former state senator John Gordner. Fetterman announced Thursday the election will be January 31st. He wants to restore representation to constituents in that spot as soon as possible. John Gordner stepped down this week. You can hear his exclusive exit interview at WKOK.com. People who love the water might want to vote for the Susquehanna River North branch. This year's nominees are the Conestoga River, Perkyoman Creek, Schuylkill River, and Susquehanna River North. Cindy Adams-Dunn, Secretary of the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, says this award has been presented annually since 1983, including this year's choice of French Creek in Northwestern PA. Nominations are based on each waterway's conservation needs and successes. The organization nominating the winner will receive a $10,000 leadership grant. Online voting got underway this week and runs through January 14th at PA 
www.kentuckywatersheds.org. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Northumberland County District Attorney's Office is out with another scam warning. This time it's a car wrap scheme. Tony Manalevich says the scam promises easy money if you allow advertisers to shrink wrap your car. They send you a big check. You have to send out a smaller check to the vendor who wraps the vehicle. Trouble is, uh, your check is good and they keep that money, but the one they the check they sent you bounces, so you're out hundreds of dollars. It's a scam. What am I supposed to do with the uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? motors, Sunbury Broadcasting, WKOK Rap? You guys put my car yesterday. <laughs> you owe us a little money. Oh. All right. The Biden administration's first state dinner was held Thursday night with more than 330 invited guests on hand to honor France's first couple. Emmanuel Macron, president of France, says he was very glad to be there. And when Lafayette came here, indeed, to fight, he fought for these principles and to have people here living in democracy and freedom. And this is the same, the same thing in my country. It sounds just like Hamilton, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he has he, the, the Lafayette accent he, down. He learned English in, the, what, six hours at the press conference. He did not speak. Uh, he was speaking his native tongue of French, but he learned English in six hours? Well, he learned to read it. Okay. So I guess that's we told him what, what, I guess the, we told him what he was saying. Was in, the, in the meantime, there. there was a lobster controversy at this, so we can elaborate on that. Some people said the president was being shellfish. Mm. That's a true statement. I'll tell you what, I thought he was more of a crab. Girl power. History made at the World Cup Thursday for the first time. Three female referees officiated a mm-hmm. men's match. That's the first time. And the head official was from France. All right. So there. And, uh, and let's see. CBS says, don't spend too much on Christmas gifts. You might have to pay for that student loan after all. That's because <laughs> there's been another setback in the student loan forgiveness program. It has to do with the challenges uh, to the plan, saying the president over stepped. The loans are supposed to be repaid starting next month, so unless a court says it's a go, those who thought they'd get some loans forgiven will have to start <laughs> paying up, or unless the president uh, extends how it many, again. How many optical scenarios has the Biden administration run into? Recently, now we got the student loan, you had the rail rail strike scenario. Well, my view, this, the other stuff. Well, this was the, the optical illusion all along mm-hmm. that he would advocate for, but he knew it was illegal and it get rebuffed. I think the Biden administration might be an optical illusion. And uh, a, a quick primer on the lobster controversy. I know, let me let me explain what I yeah. do know, that lobstering is supposed to be pretty hard on the environment these days. Mm. And so some businesses aren't selling lobster, but the president ordered 200 Maine lobsters for this mm-hmm. dinner. Well, the scenario is, is, is based around Maine, and, of course, Maine's senators, are, U.S. senators are, are arguing this, and their Congress people are arguing this. But Whole Foods, owned by Amazon, has uh, decided not to sell Maine lobsters. Right. In the regards to it has to do with the harvesting of lobsters, the netting, and the whales of some oh, sort right get whale. involved. And then all of a sudden, now they're looking back going, oh, there isn't any. But this is, this is the way certain organizations will work, is you throw it out there. You try to then create the sympathy, and then you work off of that. Now, if it doesn't work this time, it might work next time. If it doesn't work next time, it might work the third time or the fourth time. So here, as we hear these these people, particularly uh, the narrative,
narratives they create, uh, you, you hear people will say, it's for this. Like, I always say, beware when a politician said it's for the children. Well, what's the controversy? Well, the whales. So now they're going back and they can't find that whales were caught in these nets. But Whole Foods thought, well, they could get caught in the nets and they moved forward. Okay. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But the ultimate hypocrisy here is that 200 Maine lobsters were flown. So what's the CO2, uh, what, what's the climate uh, formula for all these lobsters being flown in fresh to the White House? And the carbon footprint. And also, Mark, for those that are climate uh, uh, activists, what is the carbon footprint right now for the World Cup in Qatar? Look at look at how much carbon is being generated by hosting this World Cup in Qatar of all places. Then it would be high in other places, but just look at what's going on there. So, well, look at the carbon f- footprint of sports. Period. I mean, look, you know, giant stadium and flying baseball teams all over the country every couple of days, and uh, shipping local teams down the road every couple of days for different teams. I mean, the carbon footprint of sports is it's a what one third of our gross national product is all related to mm-hmm. athletics so mm-hmm. we have got uh, and and what we're trying to do as a as a planet and really as a country is to find alternative ways to keep doing what we're doing and that's well where yes the focus but is. mark it, it is not even a thimble full of what china and india do themselves right, the two so major polluters so so are, are we fooling ourselves are we going to cut off our nose to spite our face and, and look at the energy policy just in this administration what talk about an optical nightmare. So the energy in the U.S., the oil, the gas, et cetera, in the U.S. is not good enough for the Biden administration that they go to Venezuela. And and look, propping up Venezuela, that's a real positive for us. Iran, real positive for us. Russia, real positive for us in the energy sector. Why do we allow ourselves to be under the thumb of maybe our semi-allies and our adversaries? And the Biden administration seems not to be able to explain that out. But I do know this. Joe Biden has been to the border. I I understand he has been to the border. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, Jim, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Uh, Some great points there. Is that Joe or who you're with today? That's uh, Ben Reichley. Oh, hey, Ben, uh, you're right on the money there. I mean, some very good points. Uh, And uh, usually older railroaders look down on the young people, but... uh, um, we all have to give them a big hug and thank them because, uh, <clears throat> see, uh, the young people, they want to see their kids' recital. They want to see uh, their boys' baseball game, their daughter's dance recital or, or piano recital. And they, uh, they uh, what most people don't realize is when you hire on the railroad, it's like a calling, kind of like being a minister. And so you're to be blunt, the railroad's a bitch. And uh, they use you the way they want to, and uh, there uh, there are days off now, but they're never it never works out the way you want it to. And so your only recourse is to call in. I'm sick. I can't work today. And so uh, and you don't get paid for that. So so then um, and uh, if you take too many days off, what do you think the railroad does to you? What should we do? Yeah, I guess. Well, they give you, no, what, they, what they do is they give you more time off. 
they they give like give you a twenty day or ten days or you know twenty days thirty days off without pay. Well, as the punishment, what they should do is make you work more, put you on a twelve hour job and make you work it six days a week or something. You know, but uh, <laughs> it's just funny to me that that uh, the punishment for taking too much time off was more time off. But uh, anyway, um, so these young people, they want to have a life, and I don't blame them. Um, you know, I did. I'm, I spent 23 years in the railroad industry, and it wasn't a life. It was, uh, you know, a lot of work and, and time off in between. And uh, um, so I feel for these people. I know what it's what it's like. And uh, you know, um, I was surprised that they all they all uh, voted against it because uh, traditionally uh, the unions are kind of, in my opinion, in bed with the company. They they seem to always do what the company wants. They give you a raise, but never a great raise. But this is a great raise, but it's not about the money. It's about the time. Well, Jim, question. Go ahead. Go, going back before, obviously, you were in the railroad union, it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm familiar with the Teamsters and with the SEI. Well, one of the things yeah. I, I want to say, too, is that there is a huge difference, in my opinion, and, and a lot of folks who have been involved with over the years, between private unions and public unions. The government oh, yeah. public unions are, are as as Franklin Roosevelt said, they're, they're a problem. They will vote themselves in. Oh, yeah. But, but so he, let, yeah. let's yeah. talk about private unions. My regards would be how does the union go for so long and not have some sort of formula for sick leave or some sort of formula for time off in emergencies? It didn't matter to the old people. They were all about the money. And, uh, well, there was uh, no union that, boss or no administrator who said, well, hey, well, listen, we should. See, there's, the, there's a big problem, in my opinion. The. Um, for example, the, I used to be in the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers, and they took on trainmen, so it became the BLE, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers Trainmen. They have a seven-figure CEO, and they have 17, when I left the railroad, 17 vice presidents making, like, six figures uh, a year. And no. your the union dues are supporting that. You know, uh, whether or not, and it didn't seem like we ever really got much of a contract, 3%, 3%, 3%. But, but Jim, if I was yeah. one of those yeah. people making that much yeah. money and doing whatever work <laughs> needs to be done, I mean, personally, if that was me and Mark was one of my constituents, I'd make sure Mark had seven, eight. Mark, how many d- paid days off do you want? I mean, I'd like to keep that cushy salary yeah, if it's that cushy. Yeah, would so I would no, make sure Jim, you and Mark way. and yeah. whomever are happy and you guys have six or seven days off. But I can't believe in today's world, because management needs labor. Labor needs management. Right. I mean, it's the old thing. You can't be right. pro-jobs and anti-business. Mm-hmm. So you need each other. So how did this get to the point where the railroaders don't have paid t- sick leave, and then this thing came out where you had to notify somebody 30 days? If you knew 30 days in advance you'd go to be sick, forget it. You'd play the lotto or you'd go to the horse track right. if you knew... Right. If you could predict that. But it just seems strange to me that this has gotten this far, but the the union management for the railroad people have just left them high and dry, in my opinion, the way it looks. They they, they have, and the other problem is that the, the members of the union have not held the, uh, the leadership accountable. But the other thing that you have to realize is that uh, 
people work and, and they just they're you know you're, you're stuck working uh you're on call mostly when you're with like an, i was with norfolk southern you know the big driver with norfolk southern csxt um etc there you're you work on call and you don't have a set schedule unless you work in what they call yard service but even that has uh uh variables so mm-hmm. uh Anyway, uh, all right. Well, we got you, Jim. Well, thank you for the care. yeah. Good yeah, yeah appreciate the analysis. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. One of our listeners says, "Newsflash: Autoneum, that's the former McGee Carpet Plant up in Bloomsburg. Autoneum North America Bloomsburg plant. The United Labor Union Local seventeen hundred goes on strike at four forty p.m. December first. Pay and insurance the biggest issues." So that was yesterday. Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. But it was sent today, so maybe we didn't get it till today. Don't we know but, somebody uh, who works up there? We sure do. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. And he hates strikes. He's already told <laughs> us as much. So he doesn't. <laughs> Or doesn't play baseball. Mm, well, he, he doesn't like him at work anyway. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'd love to hear from you. We had the uh, Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce here earlier talking about the state of our economy and child care uh, topics. So we can discuss that. Uh, the we heard once again about the big feathers in their cap. They're grateful for mm-hmm. the power plant over in Shemokin Dam that has about a dozen employees, and uh, very grateful for the natural gas pipeline that uh, cut through private people's private property and was illegally taken from them, in my opinion. <laughs> and so we can talk about that. And uh, the CSVT, of course, lots of folks mm-hmm. like that. But, but I do have a proposal Lots of folks for, lost their uh, homes or they're too close to the highway now. So well, there's do, two sides of these important yeah, issues. I do have a, a proposal for child care when we come back. All right, we're going to talk about that. And uh, yeah, since your daughter's in college, this is a fresh thought, right? Is she no, this, I've, I've had this uh, be for 25 20 years. years. If it okay. would have been initiated, uh, uh, that would have solved a number of problems before they were a problem. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We can email. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com. You can text us at 70236. The President Biden lobster controversy. <laughs> uh, we heard about the global energy uh, debacle just a little bit of there ago. And the railroad. So what's your topic? You let us know. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I... <laughs> just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... <laughs> out of auto repair. Back to the KOK line. 
Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Ben is directly across from me. Ben Reckley, local business person, committee person, experienced with the caucuses that are used to select our uh, state representative, or check that, our state senators. And uh, let's see, what do we got cooking here? 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We would just love to hear from you today. You can email us at on the mark at WDKOK.com as well. Uh, we would very much uh, love to hear from you. One of our good listeners uh, says, I have a simple question. Why are the rates for natural gas being raised another 30% on top of the increase from earlier this year? Pennsylvania sits on top of one of the greatest resources of natural gas in the world, mm. says Dennis Laskowski of Sunbury. Well, I, part of it is because all of our energy goes into a global pool. It doesn't just get used locally. Mm. It goes into the global pool, and that's sort of. that's what happens. So, you want to answer that as well? Why is natural gas going up again? Thirty percent, I think it goes up cost again on Monday. Cost of labor, cost of its its business Everything. costs, and also remember, natural gas that those are PUC increases. PUC approved approved increases. But the other part is think about this, Mark. New York State, whatever they feel is positive in their politics on energy is is just just barbaric in this way. So New York State does not allow pipelines, does not allow fracking, okay, doesn't allow pipelines to carry gas through to New England. So you know where you know where New England, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, you know where they get their natural gas from imports. And some of those were European imports, some from Russia. So instead of putting pipelines throughout the United States to be efficient, hmm. which is also natural security, which is also economic pricing, that would be efficient. You know, we, we tend to let New York hold up. And a lot of the environmentalists hold well, up there's no pipelines, pipelines there, and there's no fracking in the Delaware watershed still. So yeah, and a uh, you know, couple Sus- of holdouts. Susquehanna water, Susquehanna River has made it okay. Uh, you know, fracking was going to kill everything 12 years ago. Here we are. Uh, Al Gore's movie uh, is a cult classic. Y- yes, and <laughs> has uh, what? Factually, ninety percent wrong, or or has it just not? Was it before its time? So a hundred years from now, he might be right, but within the twelve, fifteen years he put in his movie, uh, is wrong. Lance, you're on the mark. Uh, ben said to me right before we went to break, "I'll bet uh, Lance will call in because he knows all about the railroad." Well, yeah, that's uh, that's one of them. It's uh, <laughs> I I worked uh, railroad. I mean, I would say. Uh, locomotive mechanic and I always thought we had it made but everybody complained all the time <laughs> it's just amazing to me I mean having worked not only in the private sector but in my own business you know partnership business in the garage business I <laughs> uh, the things that they uh, would uh, do we can't do this because of we got to wait for the pipe fitters and we got to this and that something else and it seemed like the better people have it the more they complain <laughs> well that it's could radical. be but that's not yeah, why you uh, called you wanted to talk about the early childhood education topic yeah well it kind of sums this up this little poem about the railroad it says you shovel out the coal that gives our trains their power for this, the union sees to it, you get 60 bucks an hour. So why are you called by everyone a feather-bedding weasel? Well, maybe it's because the whole dang railroad's diesel. 
<laughs> calling attention to the well, uh, firemen that yeah, are still I was out there. Say, Lance, I remember years ago my grandfather talking to me about the railroads and the house we lived in Seelands Grove. Uh, the train would go by, and I, at that time it was Penn Central, but uh, uh, I would visit in the summertime. But the question would be, again, feather bedding, when you look back, we're with technology they didn't need a caboose and they didn't need people in the caboose but for decades I understand they kept the caboose and they kept that person in the back and there was no need to have them because you know like I said technology made it where they could understand the train so I guess that's that's my first introduction to union feather bedding was the uh, the caboose and the uh, people who worked the caboose you know, a guy in the caboose, his job was to watch the uh, air gauge. And when you had 90 pounds of air the whole way through the train, he gave the highball to move. That was it. So now they have a little transmitter back there that does the same thing. That little uh, blinking light stuck in the end coupler. Blinking, that's it. Okay. But again, that's not why you called. <laughs> All right, okay. Our early childhood. Studies been done that by the fifth grade, all of the edge that those kids had from their early childhood uh, learning is gone. I mean, they have caught up the people that didn't have it, and it's totally, really a waste of money in the long run. And... Lance, we talked about off the radio at a break with Art in reference to that, and I think his key term in there was quality. Now, how do you define quality and what do you find quality is? But would, what would be very interesting to myself would be why is that? So why did these groups, and then also, too, in today's world, you got to break down the demographics and you got to break down the socioeconomics of those demographics onto why then this happened. My other part would be anytime government's involved, is that by itself funding, is that the best way to do it, or should it be a P3, a private-public uh, joint venture on this? Yeah, well, I don't think it's even needed. <laughs> well, that's, again, that's the whole deal. Again, why, why do those numbers, do, uh, how do those numbers, how do they get those numbers, and what do those numbers mean? And I would say that would be very interesting to look at the uh, the sector on this. My proposal, and I would have this, and I thought about this 30 years ago, 25 years ago, when daycare was a problem, particularly in California or, or company in California, you'd have you know people primarily. The ladies coming in 10, 15 minutes late because of child care, having to leave 10, 15 minutes early. Their their son or daughter got got sick, unfortunately, you know, and and stuff like that would happen, and that's the real world. My proposal is to increase the tax credits on child care. Yeah, you do get track uh, tax credits now. Increase the federal and state. Also, open up an avenue for businesses who to supplement their employees' child care, like they supplement their 401k retirements, or to have businesses finance 
child care. However, I would like to see it more in the pro- private sector than the public sector. So put initiatives. If we need, what are the hurdles to the economy? And if child care is this big of a hurdle, which I believe it is, then create incentives to take care of this. But again, that's a very interesting point you bring up with child, early childhood education. I think for the most part, everyone says, yeah, it's a great idea. Okay, so what are the results? And if this study shows in fifth grade there isn't a result, is yeah. what are we doing wrong in first to fifth grade then? <clears throat> but but we're seeing our, our education is in the dumpster right now with, with the results, particularly with COVID. But, you know, you got the teachers' unions running around and trying to say this and that. Well, hold it. Since the teachers' unions have taken on their role in a bigger way in education, has public education gotten better, or where are we at today? Yeah, well, it's just uh, union folks. Once people really get something good, they just want more and more and more and more. It seems like they lose their common sense. Okay, so that with the unions I work with. More about your, the study that you bring here today. Today, so what exactly are we doing before kindergarten that disappears by the time you get to fifth grade? Well, what we're talking about is the uh, edge that they had in their grades, and you can see it really, really good. It was in the journal here. I don't know about two years ago. Okay, and so, uh, but uh, if if in the early childhood education setting they're taught curiosity or communication or cooperation or you know socialization uh, we know that early childhood education reduces uh, the criminal rate and the recidivism rate for individuals that do run into the law you're saying all that gets wiped out by fifth grade well I <laughs> No, or just grades. No, no. What he's saying is that the people who didn't have early childhood and the people who did, by the time they get to fifth grade, they're on equal plane. Is that that's what the study showed? Correct. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah that was it. And I don't. I've never heard about criminal things that you just talked about. I've never seen any of that information. I've, I've, I've heard about childhood education not washing out, but also beware about the government being involved in it compared to the private sector. And look at the difference between private schools and public schools. There's a phenomenal difference in in, uh, in grades and, and, and you see that. And it's not putting down public schools. It's just saying that the huge market for private education is out there due to the fact that public schools haven't met that. Yeah, that's exactly right. In New York, uh, here was like two years ago, the top performing school was a charter school, and it was really funny. It was just about all low-income kids, and it was like one-third Hispanic, one-third black, and one-third white, and it was... Well, median income was about the highest folks that were in there. Yeah, and maybe I should change, but when I say private school, I'm talking to alternate public, traditional public school education. When you look at the charter schools that are financed with public money, but you look at the private schools, look at and look at homeschool. Uh, look at the growth in those. That's saying that the traditional public schools are failing and has teachers union help that now i don't think it's the teachers i think it's like the gentleman who called earlier from ashland uh the teachers the rank and file are there to teach uh the administrative part of it and the government might be getting in the way of allowing those teachers to teach yep you got that right but you talk about com- companies why honda uh there in ohio you know they're a big plant 
they have uh, daycare for everybody. And uh, the uh, ladies or, well, men, you know, every, all the employees will take turns being in the child care versus uh, doing their job. It's really, really I think that's the future. Uh, if, if, if CEOs and board directors need to sort of take a look, and I think government could play a role, a role. Uh, in it to say, okay, we're going to subsidize. If we want to have, think about this: if Pennsylvania came back and, and got proactive next year and said, you know, we we are going to look at childhood tax credits. The federal level's there, but the state level, we're going to help businesses finance childcare in their area. Uh, you know, look at the positives. I believe that would be. People will talk about there are no fringe benefits anymore. <laughs> I believe when you look at what businesses have to pay for for medical and and for the retirement and the the incentives for businesses but look at it this way if you are taking care of your workers and subsequently taking care of their children what a positive is is that is that good at this level you can hire somebody at at x level because they know they're going to get child care those are things that i believe are going to have to be in the formula in the future for labor and it would be great if pennsylvania could take a lead in this all right one thank you so much lance thanks for calling in yep good, you bet. good points all all right 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number we're learning that early childhood education does not pay off and is a total complete waste of money mm. we have quite a few geniuses in the world who say that uh, that's not a true statement but well, our you, current you, you audience hope, says hope it was it's better. not true 1-800-795-9565 what's your view on this topic email us at on the mark at and you can text us at 70236 include the keyword otm it's friday friday gotta get down on friday everybody's looking forward to the Stop that music from playing. Yeah, I thought that was Kevin <laughs> Yeah, that's his favorite song. Yeah, uh, let's see. One of our good listeners says, Hi there. I'm sure our lobster fishermen are glad of the sale of the White House state dinner. They probably are having a lean year. Grocery prices are making Americans focus on the basics, but the lobster fishermen are trying to make a living, too. Lobster is a luxury that is perfect for a special occasion. I'm having lobster for Christmas. This administration's first state dinner is special, too. So good for the fishermen who make their livelihood on lobster. Lobster is a luxury if you're in Maine or if you're in lobster country. I think you have... <laughs> it's like it, crab in Maryland. Yeah, I was going to say... It's at every intersection. Yeah, crabs. You know, you have lobster omelets, lobster rolls, lobster this and that, but maybe maybe in central Pennsylvania it would probably be uh, far and few between, but I believe you can still get it at our little local grocers. I mean, I'm sure, uh, sure Wise Markets has some lobsters they'd love to sell you. One of our listeners says, good morning, gentlemen. This is Bill from Greencastle. Do either of you you have a feeling that this situation will end up in the federal courts. Uh, I haven't heard strike? that. Yeah, I haven't heard that it's appealable. I, I think that I, once it, Congress Mark, acts, it, that's the end of that. Mark, I'll be honest. I no disrespect. It, it sounds like this is inept on all parts. I mean, if the Biden administration had this cured in September, it's it's interesting election day. I, I, I think there has to be a BED and AED of what goes on. I mean, before election day and after election day. <laughs> Stan, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. 
So, yeah, I'm not walking to pick it yet, but later this afternoon. Oh, man, <laughs> what happened? We were doing so well. Oh, I did last night. <laughs> we don't, I don't have to be there 24 hours a day. <laughs> but you, uh, and you specifically said yesterday you do not like striking. <laughs> And I have definitely said that, and I don't. But, you know, up there, it's, yeah, you know, the pay's okay. The insurance are trying to, you know, they, they don't want to talk about insurance. The guy that's still in the negotiating, he's a real, well, I can't say it on air, so I won't. So, uh, <laughs> and, and a lot of it, I think, has, if he wasn't there, probably would have voted for it, and we wouldn't be on strike. I got you. So you know, personalities, and we've had the, there's people from the labor relations boards have been there, and the people from the you know the international union. They all say the same thing. This guy's a real, well, like I said, I can't say it on the air. So, and they've said it. So I, you know, it is what it is. So your but, union, you, know, you don't feel your union dues are representing you in the best way by the personnel they have negotiating for you. Oh, no, no, no. It's not the union negotiator. It's the company negotiator. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about Yeah, guy. yeah. He, he's, 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 I think when he's done, because, you know, it's an international company. Mm-hmm. North America headquarters is in Novi. And Novi, Michigan. He, he, yeah, Novi, Michigan. And he's on his last negotiation. He's set to retire. We're the last plant. He has to get a contract. Contract expired in April. Okay, they've been dragging their feet since April, and the way the negotiation goes, when he comes in, he throws down here. This is what the company has. No, no discussion. We're done for the day, and they go home. That's the way negotiations went. He won't talk. They won't discuss. They won't negotiate. What, what's, it's his way or the highway. Yeah, what, what, so what's what's the hurdle from your guys? The biggest standpoint? thing is the way they want to way they want to fund insurance, and 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 no, you know we've been. Not, well, they keep extending the contract, so technically, I guess we're not without a contract. But our contracts always expired in April. Since I've worked there 25 years, they do not want to pay any back pay to April. And a lot of those guys were living in there 60 to 65 hours a week, maybe a little more. And so they just said, you know, we worked all those hours in there. Most of them were forced to. We're we're tired of it, and they don't want to. You know, even acknowledge it, and no back pay, and they voted. It was two hundred ninety, no, two hundred sixty some to nineteen or something like that. I think two hundred sixty nine to nineteen, I believe, was the count. Not one hundred percent sure, but I know it was nineteen voted for, and over two hundred sixty voted against. And that's the way it's been for the past three votes that we've had on the contract. So, how, how long do you think? How long? I always look at it this way when I hear about negotiations and, and uh, labor contracts. What What is the uncle date? Where one well, side the uncle the date will uncle. be when they run out of carpet to supply that car manufacturer. Okay. Okay. Or, because, and, and they say at the other plants that we ship to, because we ship blanks, you know, flat uh, flat carpet to down to the, some of the other plants where they mold it for in the car. When they run out of carpet and the car company doesn't have the carpet, they, see, then that's where my problem comes in. We're told they, the union presidents, the, our union president up here, talked to the union presidents of those other plants. They said they had three days stock. Okay. Hmm. So, but the big question is, do they only have three-day stocks, or has the company been stockpiling somewhere and not telling anybody? We don't know, because we'll never get that answer. So, possibly three days, maybe four or five. But once the car companies run out of carpet to put in their vehicles, 
and they have a line stoppage. Last time I heard a number, it was $20,000 per hour that a line is down because of no product to put in their vehicles. Well, you know, do the numbers okay. because we run for you know run carpet for multiple factories. Yeah. So what what is the insurance hurdle though? How how they want to? Well, it's the it's the way they want to uh, charge. You know, right now we pay to the the, the employees pay twenty five percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but as usual, and you know that nobody knows what next year's costs are going to be. Correct because it's constantly going up. So they want to slowly increase. They have two levels of insurance, well, actually three. They have what they call the premium, premium, it's a guys, it's GHB. It's the, they call it the gold, the gold one, whatever. I'm not sure exactly how they're, how they're calling it. Prime, prime, primary. But anyways, and then there's a lower cost one to them, okay? So the big problem is they wanted us, the people that get the top tier rate, to pay the difference between what the company pays for the next tier down and our cost and ours. So that would be on top of the yearly increase, which they want to increase at one and a half percent or something like that a year, up four, four now, year is under, a, up thirty percent. Is there a basic recovery. compensation increase though on base pay and overtime? Uh, they they wanted to start for a dollar for the first year, which I will admit we have never received a dollar an hour in the first year ever, ever. And it was sixty, sixty, and seventy-five. It's four-year contract, which they're they're decent numbers. But every contract we've ever done, okay, when the year rolls around, January first, the insurance goes up. And the uh, pay increase basically goes to pay the insurance well, every time. I mean, I hate so to you say never that, get any more money in your pocket, yeah, ever. I, yeah, I hate to say this, but it sounds like you won't know numbers till mid-January, and then you can alleviate the uh, strike, potentially, or negotiate in understanding numbers uh, after January, then. Well, if, if that, that the, won't happen because, you know, they, 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 they're going to have to get a contract in here somehow. Can't so, they, can't like I said, we never know the numbers... When you, Down you, you, to, to to a penny ever. Yeah, so you guys are you guys are on strike, so you won't let them extend the contract. But it sounds like what you're saying is that nobody knows numbers till after January. So the company and the union, labor union, is basically flying blind to a degree on trying to go, negotiate a contract with numbers if it's based on well, medical. Well, we, 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 we did just have open enrollment, and they gave us some numbers. So I guess that oh. would be in okay. effect for next year. But then the year after that, you know, who knows what it's going to go up. And they've, they've pulled some shady ones, forcing us on to Blue yep. Cross Blue Shield when the contract said we were to have GHP. We got to go. So that was a big sticking point. Yeah. So, you know, the, the company doesn't necessarily negotiate in good faith. Well, I shouldn't say the company. I'm the, it's the one guy. Because the other people, the, the negotiators from the company, he won't even let them speak. From what we've been told, well, he might. And have. when one tried, he belittled her in 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 full view of the union members. All right, we got okay. you, Stan. Thank you so much. Good luck with this. Yeah, good Let's luck. hope it stays stay warm. instead of weeks and stay yeah, warm. Yeah, well, stay warm. It was a little chilly last night. I bet I wasn't the worst. I I prepared. I knew that it was going to happen. All right, you know how to dress warm. All right, thank you so much, <laughs> yep. sir. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, but Mark, the negotiator s- might have a little striker bonus. on the phone here. All right, we will be we will be right back. I just don't know. Uh, um, me neither. We get good. 
Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Out of auto repair. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to Financial Friday. Thank to you to Rob Center. Mm-hmm. Exceedingly fabulous. Thanks Southern Columbia in. Trinity High School football tonight in the Valley. Right. And an excellent game. At Seals Grove. At Seals Grove. Danville lost, but an excellent season for those guys. This is WKOK Sunbury.